This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host, Alan Peterson, the Executive Director of the Compassionate Friends. Hi, Alan. How are you today, Heidi? Good. I love that you're co-hosting. For those of you out there that have tuned in to us before, Alan co-hosts with us a lot and Open to Hope partners with the Compassionate Friends, and we love all the collaborative work that we do together, don't we, Alan? We do, and uh, I, I especially love doing shows when uh, we are interviewing a friend of the Compassionate Friends. And today, our guest uh, uh, Harriet Hodgson is uh, shares so much of her uh, great information. She's a terrific author, uh, writes articles for our magazine, so she touches a lot of lives with her story and with her wisdom. She's a terrific writer. So I'm excited to be on this show, in particular, Heidi because we have a very special guest today. I agree with you, Alan. Like you said, Harriet is a friend of ours. We have done a lot of shows with her. We've done shows with her in the past. Um, She's a freelancer and has been for 37 years, and she is the author of 35 books, which completely blows me away. Um, You know, she's no stranger to major adversity and loss, and she's really showing us that you can find hope after loss. Because in 2007, four of her family members, including her, da- her daughter, who was the mother of her twin grandchildren, and the twins' father, all died. So four family yeah, members it, in 2007. It is a, it's an amazing story, and, and what she has done uh, with her grief and um, affecting her family, I think everybody's going to be inspired by. And I also think they're going to learn some things from her. So... Uh, uh, let's let's bring her on and let's uh, let's learn all we can and, and and hear as much as we can from her. Absolutely. Hello, Harriet. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. And you know, our our show today is about raising grandchildren because you found yourself the parent all of a sudden of your grandchildren, and uh, and you yourself were grieving, and your grandchildren have turned out so amazingly well. Well, I never thought that I would be uh, reliving the teenage years, uh, and I can't imagine how the grandchildren felt to have both parents killed in separate car crashes. Uh, it's it's just something that, uh, well, out of a horror movie, really, only it was true, and they were 15 and a half years old when they moved in with us. Wow. And wow. We've always been grateful that our daughter had a will. And we were listed as the guardians uh, in the will. And I just remember the day she told us about that. Uh, Helen and the twins were coming over uh, every Sunday for dinner. At that time, Helen uh, was divorced, had just gotten divorced. And so we decided to rally as a family, and uh, she came over for dinner. Beautiful summer night, and as she was backing out, she just, oh, Mom and Dad, I... I forgot to tell you, I just made out a will, and you're the guardians. And she waved and backed out of the driveway, and we waved, and we really didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we certainly thought about it when the court appointed us as their guardians. How, how long, much 
longer after that time where she waved did she end up dying in a car accident? Um, well, that was in the summer, and she died the, the following February. Wow. So, and, and it's so hard because she really died just as she was soaring in life. Helen was a, a very difficult teenager and had trouble with substance abuse. Uh, we went through treatment as a family, and finally she got it together. And not only that, she was very active in AA, and she became a composite engineer, had uh, six industry certifications, was assured that she was going to go right to the top in management, and then she died. Wow. That's wow. unbelievable. I'm so sorry. Harriet, tell us a, a little bit about, because people today read your articles, and it's one of the things I always think about, those of us that work in the grief field that have had a loss, and obviously both Heidi and I, her brother Scott and my daughter Ashley uh, having died. Uh, sometimes, you know, people see what we're doing today, but they don't. Uh, they don't get to see what it was like in those early days. Talk about your early days in grief, where you were as a person, and now you're raising uh, grandchildren. But talk a little bit about what that early grief was like for you and how you began or how your path, I guess, out of the spiral to, to getting back into life. Well, at that time, uh, and, and, and actually today, uh, I was a, a very busy freelancer, uh, my husband was a physician at Mayo Clinic. We were, were very busy, uh, very involved in the community, involved in uh, national and international organizations. And all of a sudden, life put on the brakes. And we were fortunate in that we had a house that would accommodate teenagers. And so when the twins moved in with us, it was sort of like they had their own little apartment upstairs. The twins were always very polite, but at the beginning, um, they were just sort of robotic. Mm -hmm. And they would come for dinner, and it was just a fuel stop, and they would get up immediately and leave. And I have a, a Bachelor of Science degree in early childhood, and I thought, you know, here I am going back to child development training. What do I need to do? And I thought, well, I need to be dependable. Uh, I need to be honest. If I need to cry, I'm going to cry. Mm -hmm. I need to keep the kids informed. For example, on the first anniversary of her mother's death, uh, we donated money to the food bank. Same thing with the anniversary of their father's death. Uh, I never to this day have spoken an unkind word about their father, and we never will. Uh, we all tried to come together uh, after Helen died. And he really rallied and moved into the house with the twins, but only lived with them for, you know, eight months or so, and then he died. So he died, their father died eight months after their mother. Correct. Wow. And unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And then what we had to do is we had to clean out a house, you know, um, and it was the house of a busy family, two young kids, and I just didn't know how I was going to do all that, and I just decided I was going to be, in many ways, the typical grandmother. So I took care of school things. I thought, I'm going to cook their favorite food, and I'm going to cook it all with love, 
and my husband took over uh, du legal duties, uh, financial duties, because we had to uh, send reports to the court. Uh, I put up a list of family rules on the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the kids, they wouldn't let me see them reading the rules. Mm -hmm. And they, were, they weren't bad rules. Like, mm -hmm. they would use my car and turn the radio to a rock station, and I wanted peace and quiet. So mm -hmm. I said, you have to turn it back to in my favorite station. And uh, another rule was if the gas tank is almost em empty, you need to put some gas in. And But the last rule was that remember that we love you. Mm -hmm. And wow. they went and looked at that a lot of times when they didn't think I noticed. Well, you know what so, I love, Harriet, and it, it speaks to what you're talking about. On your blog, you have a Grandparents' Bill of Rights. And some mm -hmm. of the things that I love, we've talked about today, but some of the things that I love that you said was enjoy them, repeat stories even if they roll their eyes. <laughs> I thought that was so good. <laughs> and then say I love you every day. Laugh at your own jokes even if they're sappy. Yeah. I love that one. And then you know what I also liked? Ask permission to give grandkids hugs. Talk about that's the permission a, piece. Well, that's especially true of teenagers yes. because— uh, if you just go up to them and grab them, they feel like you've invaded their personal space. Mm -hmm. So right. I would say, you know, may I give you a hug? And then uh, I got into the whole issue. Of, I mean, you talk about what was life really like, Alan. I got into the whole issue of the care and feeding of friends. Mm -hmm. And right. teenagers vacuum up food like you wouldn't believe. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and so one day, you know, and I think I've told the story before, but my grandson said, can a friend come over and hang? And I wasn't sure what hang meant, but I said, well, sure. And 10 minutes later, this very tall kid walked in the door for dinner. I didn't have dinner for five. I had dinner for four, so I kind of passed a miracle. And then kids would come and stay overnight and... I baked cookies. I, I happen to love cookies. <laughs> so I baked them, and one day these kids all walked in the back door, and the, the counter was covered with cookies. The kitchen smelled fabulous. And I said, well, would you like cookies? They all took cookies as they headed downstairs, and I heard one of them say, your grandma's a good cook. No, <laughs> And that goes a long way. <laughs> feeding, feeding kids goes a long way, and it reminds me of you a little bit, Alan, because I know when Ashley died, you went to Tucson, Arizona, where your boys were, and I think one was the University of Arizona, and you talked about feeding them and their friends. Yeah, when my, well, when my boys were in college, I have this theory, and, and it, it fits a lot along with, with what you're saying, Harriet, but, you know, when we have a loss of this magnitude, uh, we have all this love inside of us still. It didn't go anywhere. And sometimes love needs a place to go. It just needs a place to go or uh, uh, a field to participate in or something to do. And uh, and that's what I would do when my boys were in college. I would go. I would spend the weekends with them, and, and I would just literally cook. I'd just put a loud noise in my room and go to bed way before they would. But they loved me coming down on weekends because I would cook for them all weekend and clean. And it gave me something, uh, you know, that was impactful and made me feel needed and wanted. And I think that's important. Um, well, cooking, and cooking, is, cooking is love. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
And I, ju- I just finished a cookbook, Alan. I never thought I'd write a cookbook. Wow. I just finished that. What's your cookbook called? Well, it's a cookbook for family caregivers. I love because, it. Because uh, this is my 19th year of caregiving. And uh, when my husband's aorta split, I realized dinner was a bowl of cereal or a dish of ice cream. And I know better than that. And I know that I have to be in good health to care for my husband. And that got me back on the healthy eating track. And that led me to easy, healthy recipes for family caregivers. I I love that, Harriet, because I feel like after you've had a child die, you are still a family caregiver to your surviving children, in your case, grandchildren, and it's easy to forget to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's an, it's, an, it's an important issue. I'm also guessing, you know, I, I see a lot of things uh, knowing you, Harriet, but I see in here in my notes it says you've written 37 books. So my question would be, like, do you have your laptop keyboard Velcro to your hand, or <laughs> you sleep with it? Or I mean, no. I'm trying to get, no, no. I'm trying to get one done. I'm trying to get one done. So, what's the no. deal there? I mean, well, it's it's 35 books, and I think I've I've just sold another one, but um, I'm switching from caregiving. Uh, to grandparenting, mm-hmm. and I'm going right. to do two books on grandparenting because um, I was, you know, the kid's caregiver for and, and guardian for seven years, but then, by golly, they grew up, and one got married. My husband, John, escorted her down the aisle in his wheelchair, um, hardly a dry eye in the church wow. at that, anybody who knew our story. Um our grandson was just accepted at the Mayo Clinic School of Medicine. Wow. He's a freshman. Wow. That is an achievement. They get 5,000 applications a year and take 1%. So that is wow. an achievement. And our granddaughter has an executive position with the Salvation Army in St. Paul, Minnesota, and is also an independent photographer. And I got wow. to thinking, my relationship has changed now. Uh, they have a history with Grandma and Grandpa, and they remember it, and they uh, come, a, come a running, as the saying goes, come a running if we need them. But it's adult-to-adult conversation now, mm-hmm. and, you, it, wow. and it's been an adjustment, but it's also been wonderful. You know what, Harriet? Wow. I'm just struck by the fact that both your grandkids have been have been so successful despite losing both of their parents. And, you know, when you talk, the one thing, you, you just are a very solid, stable person, and and I love all your advice. But what piece of advice would you give people out there that are raising children and grandchildren and are also grieving their own losses? Because you were, and yet you were able to, you know, create this environment for the children where they, they not only survived, but they thrived. Well, I, I think, first of all, you you aren't just needed you are necessary. You are the supporting structure then for those children. And I also think it's important to not be a replacement parent. Um, you know, there are now in the country more than 10% of all the grandparents in our nation are raising grandchildren. Wow. And so two acronyms came from that, grandparents raising grandchildren, GRG. The other one is GAP grandparents as parents 
serving as parents, but you are not replacement parents. And I think that could cause a lot of hostility. So I came right out and said, we are not trying to replace your mom and dad. We're your grandparents. Always will be, and we love you. That's so I think that's terrific. You know, I'm looking at some of the titles of your book, and, and before we leave today, maybe you can help people who might be interested. But some of just your titles, The Journey from Loss and Grief to a New Life. You have another book called Writing to Recover journal. You have another one, 101 Affirmations to Ease Your Own Grief. Uh, another one, Words of Comfort, Words of Hope, uh, and Quotes to Refresh and Sustain Your Soul, uh, Spiritual Women. And then you have them also on grandparenting. Uh, so, um, and that, but the, I think my favorite title is, is Happy Again, Your New and Meaningful Life After Loss. I mean, you run the gamut there, Harriet, with these terrific books, and how can people uh, get those? Do they need to go to your website? No, I don't sell them on my website, although I'd love to have you visit it, but uh, they're either um, on Amazon or um, with the, my latest publisher is called Write Life, W-R-I-T-E, Life, and that's the publisher of Happy Again. And uh, that book came about for an interesting reason. I met a friend in the grocery store, and she said, oh, you look happy. And I said, well, <laughs> I just started coloring my hair. <laughs> she said, oh, nothing to do with that. She said, it's in your eyes. And I have had actually many people say that. And you have to say to yourself, you know, it's a tough time. The world looks pretty black, but I can get through this. And then... It's the old adage, count your blessings, because I thought, well, I am in a house that I love. Um, I have plenty of food. I'm warm. I have a car that I love, bright red. <laughs> <laughs> Hotshot grandma driving around town. Love it. And I have kids who are counting on me and love me, and my husband felt the same way. There was no time for faltering. Vulnerable children needed us and their future depended on us. Well, I love that you're saying this. Vulnerable children needed you, and their future depended on you, because the one of the worst things that parents out there can do is to say, this loss is so bad that I don't want to go on living. I can't tolerate it anymore. I don't want to be here, because it gives us surviving siblings the message that we're not enough. And that's mm -hmm. not a message that you want to give siblings that are, that are grieving and children that are grieving. So you absolutely gave your grandkids the opposite message. Um, so I love, I love that. Don't you, Alan? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And I think, like I said, love needs a place to go. And I think you found a wonderful way to invest your love. Um, and sometimes in grief, it's just something that will keep you moving, taking that next step. Um, is so important. And so, you know, we encourage people to always look for that, to find your place of value, whatever that is. Uh, but grief can, grief can be very transformational, too, and it can lead us. Our life is different. Uh, it's not what we expected, but it certainly can take us to a place where we can have a quality of life, a life with great purpose and deep meaning. That is out there for all of us who grieve if we just put our pants on and put one foot in front of the other, keep telling their story and keep their memory alive. I really believe in that, and obviously you do as well, Harriet. Oh, and I'm so glad you said that, Alan, because it's 
it's true. And and if you look around, you you will find the direction that you need to go. You need to be open to that, and you know, and don't be afraid to ask for help if you need help. Um, our whole family acted as a support system, so we were very fortunate in that regard. So, and I I didn't yeah. have time to join a support group or anything like that. <laughs> you know, I got up at 5 in the morning, wrote for an hour, gave the kids breakfast. We drove them to school. You know, it was a packed day, mm-hmm. but uh, every day was a, a worthwhile day. Well, well, Harriet, I want to thank you so much for being such an inspiration. And before we end, could you tell people where they can find you? What is your website? It's www.harriet, H-A-R-R-I-E-T, Hodgson, H-O-D-G-S-O-N, dot com. And then it's right life, W-R-I-T-E, life, one word, dot com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Harriet. And for those out there that have lost hope, please lean on Harriet's, mine, and Alan's until you find your own. Thank you, Harriet. God bless Thank you. you. Thank you, Harriet. Thank you. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.